Okay, good morning everyone, Shavua Tov. It should be a Shavua Tov, Bezat Hashem. Um, actually, remind me at the end of Shir, when we turn this off, to tell you something very important. <laughs> but um, a few, just a few important announcements. So first of all, Baruch Hashem, we continue to learn the whole month of Shvat, um, sponsored by the Jerome family in memory of David's uh, grandmother, and also the Pollock family in memory of... Moshe's grandparents and Joni's sister Shira, uh, as well as for the Eagle family in honor of the Eagle birthdays. Everyone should feel well in the Eagle household, Bez Hashem, anonymously for Kirat Shira David. And specifically, this week is sponsored, uh, this week is uh, today's year, or this week, I have to, I think this week is sponsored um, by Bini and Nechama Kon in honor of Bini's father's 70th birthday. And all the brachas to him with Besaras Tovas for long years and continued nachas from his whole family. As I remember, Tuesday night this week, and we're going to send out the announcement today, um, Rav, Rav Shalom Arush is going to be coming, and I'll be translating in English. I've been getting a lot of questions. So I'll be translating as to the best of my ability this Tuesday night in our shul. It's, uh, again, I've yet, or I should say, I don't want to ever meet the Yid that says, I'm good with Chizuk, I don't need, we're good, we're set up. Um, so that's this Tuesday night. And also, Baruch Hashem, this is like thrilling, thrilling, thrilling for me. Monday night, Febru- Monday night, February 27th, I think that's what it is, Monday night, February 27th, two weeks from tomorrow night, uh, Rav Yitzchak Ginsburg is, gonna, is coming to, to the shul in English. Now, <laughs> I have no words. Uh, whatever I say, one can close. Rav Ginsburg, who needs a big for Shlema, is going to come here. That's going to be in English. And even if you'll see that when at his shirim, there's someone that's, that's live transcribing every word he says. It's in a huge screen right behind him. Because so you, you have to be... There, it's very rare for someone to sit there, whatever language they're native in, whatever language he's talking in, that you could really follow. We're talking about the, one of the greatest giants, not just of this generation. And I'm not saying it lightly. Not just of this generation. So that's Zayn Adar. Zayn Adar, Monday night, February 27th. Purim is right around the corner. Also, it's um, for Itamar's uh, niece. Tal Rivka Bas Silvia. We just daven for Okay, please open up in page Chaf Bet in the Sefer. Yeah. Okay. Does everyone have? Does everyone have the Sefer? We we got we ordered plenty. Yeah. Take take take. Okay. So in this in this beautiful Hagdama we've been doing till now is uh, he was talking so much about an important yesod of of just being living with the times is the need to visualize the beauty of the times, to visualize the beauty of what was, and to visualize the beauty of what will be. But what's missing in there? To visualize the beauty of what is, <laughs> and that's that's obviously like as much as we can be pulled, we can be connected to what was, and obviously we're davening our children are davening what will be. We obviously the beauty of what is is like 
is, is, is redemption in the moment. That's what we want so badly, to be in the, in the moment over here. And in the beginning of Kumi, Kumi Ori, this beautiful Sefer, where Rav Sasson has been showing us, is like, don't, kill you, don't be so hard on yourself as to, as to why it's so hard to visualize, thank you, to visualize the beauty of the moment. He says that's, that's, that's a result of 2,000 years of galut, of exile. In exile, no one, no one visualized anything. They didn't want to visualize the moment. Who would want to visualize the moment? The moment is someone standing over me, whipping me. The moment is, is broken promises by Hashem, so to speak. Right? So he says that, 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 that plays a toll, but the avod, it means the avod is so much more right now on us to somehow tap into this and be people that are living, like the, like the Bnei Machshavatova says in the Hagdam over there, he says, our job is not to be comparing ourselves to anyone else, but it's to see that we're living just a bit above the way that the rest of the world is looking at the concept called being alive. Just a bit more or less, it's a very loose translation of, of what he said. It's just like a bit above the way the rest of the world uh, considers being alive and looks like they're alive, right? So this leaning of chiyos, this leaning of being alive. So he's, he's going to say something beautiful here. Actually, we're on page Chav Gimel. Okay, it's, it's on the other side of the page. Chav Gimel. And I'm going to repeat the last paragraph that we did, and then we'll see, perhaps we'll finish this, this, this wonderful first chapter today. It says like this, and this is a word we, we got caught on before, Am Yisrael avar mi'ut atzum bagalut. We've gone through this tremendous smallness uh, or contraction. We, we, there are a lot of different words we're using. Kol tziurei agadlut nimchekum meitanu meshech kalpaim shana. You know, when we say, like, wow, what used to be the way we used to be as people in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. You know, again, over time, those Im- the imagery was lost, right? And it's a very, very difficult thing to really, really feel real and authentic with our request for Sheibane Beit HaMikdash. Because what does that really mean? The Maaseh, what does that really, really mean? And if I'm, especially if I'm, so, if I'm so focusing on the beauty of what, on the visualization of what was and what will be, I need to see, I need to see the beauty and the visualization of it, of now, to really bring home these components to paint a picture of being someone that's living a life of hopefully geula pumping inside of me, really, really, really strong. But over 2,000 years, those visions, those visuals left me. And we're now being uh, created anew. We're being born from new. He said to us last week, a little kid that grows up in the midst of greatness, of someone great in their midst, someone that they could say, oh my God, wow. I have someone that seems to me to be like the recipe, like something cooking in him. This is where I'm going to, he says, we're like a little kid that is being born and we don't have that image in front of us of being like, wow, I want to be like him, right? Are there any responsible adults around? Right? Is there anyone is there anyone around me that I'm like I could I say this is this this is it. Like 
this is what this is what was and this is what will be and he's right in front of me and I want to go for this right there's many responsible looking adults around that in my they 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 place within me this calm of like yes this is the blueprint he's saying really as a nation coming back after all these years we don't really have that yes there are individuals don't get me wrong in every door of course we have the Reb Moshe Feinstein, the Kloisenberger Rebbe. We have, we, we have some, you know, some greats, greats. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something way, way beyond even, a, even an individual. It's a reality. It's a reality is what we're referring to. Lachen ofek hamabat shelanu eno mesugal letzayet ha-shlevim abayim. Therefore, our, our field of vision is not capable of, il- of illustrating what we're really longing for. That's what we learned last time. So now jump to the bottom paragraph. This is so beautiful. Rav Sasson says that when a person sees the great future that's waiting for him or her, even though I understand there's a tremendous distance between where I am now and what's being (coughs) shown to me, there's a tremendous distance, but I can see it. You have clarity and you have emuna because you could see it. He says, I have a paved path in front of me. And what can I do once there's a path? I could start marching on it. Frankly, all the years we were learning Bilvavi Mishkan Evna was to form a path of what is our Avodat Hashem. What, what is it we're trying to do with being engaged in the world of Torah and Mitzvahs? It's literally to create a yellow brick road and to follow it. Right? Mamash. And actually saying, oh, it's a Mishkan. Evnet, I'm building. There's something, there's a format here. I can walk on this. I can go on it. I feel like I have a way. You know, that's what people always, it's like, uh, we've talked about this so many times. People's like real yearners, like what they really want inside. is like, I want to feel like I have a derech. I want to feel like I have a way. I want to have a way. So the Rav Sassan is saying over here, when a person feels they have a way, and they see the destination, there's some kind of visual, even if it's very, even if they also tell them, Waze tells them, it'll take you 380 years to get here, it, it actually, it's okay. Because I know that my being in this world and my actions are on the path leading to that place. And I could do it. I could do it. I have a goal. I could do it. I would say, though, people that have fear of heights may not like that. Uh, I'm saying that's why I'm saying, a, like he's saying, also a path. Like it's just, you know, yeah, you'll keep. Don't worry, you're not going to fall. You're just going to keep on walking. Ach, third line. But when the future is erased, Shoshana just came back from a place where the future was erased. You go to Treblinka, it's not exactly like, 
No, I wasn't afraid. I just have to clear my, my field of vision. That's, by the way, why the crack on Nigan is such a deep Nigan. It's my favorite Nigan. Did I die? Did I die? Did I die? Did I die? Did he was there in, 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 in Maidanik, in Auschwitz, and then he went to the Ramashu, and he had the whole vision he had of, yeah, there was this, this people going into gas chambers, but then on the other side, the other side was, was going into Yerushalayim Shalmala. So a nigun can actually create a vision for you that normally you can't really have. Like, what is it that people, what is, what is going on? People are, are swaying. There's no words, but there's such dveikus. Really, and there's Svarim written on this, it's the formation of an atid, of a future, right? And bringing that atid into the hove, bringing the future into the present. That's what happens to a person when be'emet, they're in, they're in the nigun. They're in it. That's why, if, again, remind me, be'emet, remind, remind me to tell you something at the end. But I don't have a nigun anymore. There is no future. The visualization, I don't have it in front of me. And all that I see in front of me is what is right now. And what is right now, for some reason, does not really awaken anything in me that makes me feel like, wow, this is what I was waiting for. That means, I'm incapable of creating any more of a beautiful picture than what's in front of me. And again, what's in front of me is a state of galut. Now, I just want to emphasize something. Galut, can, you could be in a state of galut going up to Harabait. It has nothing to do with the physical location. You could be in a state of galut building the state of Israel. It's a, it could be a state of galut. Be very clear. We, we, can't, we, we can't confuse ourselves. That has to be very clear to us. As we see, as we're living in, right? As I, when, when that happens, and I can't, I can't see it. All I see is what's in front of me, and I think that what's in front of me is here to stay. As I call this is the end of this page. As I call all the concealed dreams. They get pushed down even more into concealment, more into the depth, further and further and further away from my consciousness. Next page. They seem like something that's, you know what talush means? Plucked. Nitlash. They seem like those hainu kecholmim, literally hainu kecholmim, right? They seem like, you know, again, I wonder if I would interview my great-grandmother a second before her daughter, my grandmother, jumped off the train on the way to Auschwitz. And I would say to her, I don't, you know, it's so sick, I don't, it's sad. I don't even, I don't, I don't even know her name. I, no. Slicha. Batya. I don't know her mother's name or her sister's name. I mean, my great-great-grandmother. Her name was Batya. My sister, Tali, Tali Batya. Chaya Bat Batya was my, was my uh, grandmother. I ask her, tell me something. Is this dream of, 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 of like a happy ending somewhere? Like, do, is, there, is there anywhere in here, you know? Is there anywhere in here right now in this moment? Nitlash, it's plucked. We, we experienced the whole thing as it's plucked. It's taken away, plucked from us. 
And far from reality, הפוטנציאל העלום שבנו, לא רק שהוא סובל מחסרון האמונה ביכולתו להתפתח, אלא הוא בכלל לא נכנס למרחב השיח והחלומות. הוא רחוק מאוד מאוד. He's saying something so beautiful here. I mean, heartbreakingly beautiful, but explaining to us really something. It'll explain ourselves in a very interesting way. He says, this potential of who we could be, it's not that like, um, I don't believe in it enough, and therefore it's hard. It's that it's not part of the conversation. It's not part of the conversation anymore. You know, you hear the difference between the two? Not so much. I'll try to explain. Why do I think I could work on something? So if I'm speaking about something, it's part of like what I think is part of the siyach, it probably means that I believe it's possible for the real me, the dreams that Hashem has for me, to actually you know, be part of my reality. But when it's not even part of the, sh- of the conversation, then I say, then, then these things get pushed so far away that I don't even see it. It's not, and then I don't, it's not that I don't believe it could happen. It's not, it's not on the radar. It's not on the radar anymore. There's a sense of hopelessness. Yeah. Like, sorry? It's like oh, it's the, what's the, what's Bemet, right. What's like, not clinical depression, but what's like depression that many of us fall into? It's not part of the seat. A better, a better reality is not part of the conversation. What I have in front of me will be here forever. That's it. He says, this is what happened to the real dreams of who we could be as Am Yisrael. And he's, he's not saying this, but we could kind of say it, and it's not entirely our fault. <laughs> and that's important. Right, right. Jenny? I mean, I'm not sure if this is, I'm assuming it's relevant on a national level or a communal level. Like, Davening Friday night, it was so hard. You know what I mean? And it's so hard to look at everyone dancing and singing. And I'm hoping this is what's going through everyone's head. That, you know, if I conceal this, these dreams, like all the Picard to Kova have for Hashem, and don't sing, Because I'm more mourning than than it's being pushed further from our consciousness. Is that an appropriate thought? So I had a really, really hard time at Shoal. Like trying to grab me, maybe dance. But you left before she said yes. I'm like, but Jenny left before someone spoke. You know, left before someone spoke. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me tell you. Like she didn't hear what you said. I had to put that on. Okay, but is that is that relevant for on an individual and a communal level? Because I feel like we just keep having is, is what relevant? This whole the the, the, the contra- a Do you know what? Do you know what's kept? Do you know what's kept so many Yidden going for all these years? It's a, it's a very interesting thing. Like, what has actually kept us going for all these years? It's the fact that because I'm in so much pain and I still believe, it brings me a doubt that it actually is going to happen. 
because I'm in such pain and because I still believe, it actually fills me with the knowledge, it's not just an emuna, it's a yadia, it's a da'at, that it actually will happen, but it's only because I feel so much. It's only because I let that in so much. <coughs> That's what we were kind of saying Friday night, where um, in a nutshell, I basically just asked everyone how they have the chutzpah to be singing and dancing right now, including myself. Not yet. He's, no. he, the whole Sefer is going to answer that, that question, really, but it's going to, in a productive way, right? Now, just for those of you that are a little startled about that, that question, and if the chutzpah is basically explaining ourselves to ourselves, is that we have the chutzpah to dance in Davin is because we're so broken, and then I get so happy that I'm a person that is so in touch with my emotions, and I can dance with that. But if I'm just detached, and it's like, ah, Shabbos is here, it's time to dance, you, you're, I don't know what your visual is. It's not the vision of, of, of 2,000 years of Am Yisrael and then like, you know, continuing to come to, towards the glory. But this whole Sefer, basically, is explaining us to us. That's the beauty of this Sefer. It's explaining us to us to understand our psyche and to understand what's going on deep down inside and then to choose to like press the mute on certain chapters. Or, or to, to turn up the volume on other areas. That's what, that's what we're busy doing here. Right? But let's, let's leave it to him, because it's just the beginning, Shlav, okay? So he's saying again, to not be able to even talk about these things. I remember one time, when, uh, before, uh, one, in an apartment I was living in in Yerushalayim with a few roommates, where, right, when you walked into the apartment, there was a picture of the Rebbe. So some, one of our, the roommates' uncle came to visit, and he was eating a Shabbos meal by us. And he said, uh, he said to us, what, you guys believe the, uh, the Rebbe is Mashiach? So I didn't want to start the whole conversation. I just, I just wanted to test to see what he, where, where he's going with this. All it was was a picture of the Rebbe. There was no proclamation. There's this picture of the Rebbe in the room. Every, every Jewish home should have a picture of someone that loved and every single yid in the world and had believed in the good of everything. What's, what's the problem, right? So I said to him, Uncle so-and-so, you don't think the Rebbe uh, could be Mashiach? I I was just messing with him, right? I didn't want to even go there. I just wanted to... So he said, uh, he said, frankly, I, don't, I really doubt if I even believe that there is something that, that's called Mashiach. Someone that's a religious observing Jew, right? It's because, is it his fault? Bemet. Like, let's really be real right now. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. And those that look at people like that and have tainas on them, isn't that... Yeah, you, you could say something to them while you're looking up to Shmaya and say, how, how much longer? How much longer is it going to be such a par, such a distance between these visions and the inability to really make that part of our conversations? It's not his fault. It's not. And this is a, this is a weakness. This is a weakness that is in the klal, and we're... We're basically, at least we're opening our eyes to the fact this is a very, very inherent weakness that is not, again, I, I repeat this all the time, it's not entirely our fault. We, we didn't exactly exile ourselves out of Eretz Yisrael. Okay, our actions did v'chuleh, I don't even know what that means, you know. But this is part, and trust me, if God is God, he's big enough to hear us say that. You understand? Don't, it's not like a lack of yira talking like this. It's a lack of yura to not like even bring this into the conversation. It has to be part of the conversation, right? How would I, how would I help you? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, hey, maybe it's what I'm saying. How, if I say in whose fault it isn't, 
Because it removes sinas chinam on other Jews. It removes judgment on other Jewish people. Because if I say, if I look at someone and I say, God, this guy, look at, you know, then I have, I, I have a judgment on the person. I'm saying, could you believe? Look, look how low this Jew has reached. But when I say, like, look, it's not, you know, it's not, I, I, if I feel in my heart that this person's just trying to navigate through this crazy world to the best of their ability where there's been a, a you know, a lack of, of, of revealed revealed based on Migdash type of Hashgacha for thousands of years, my heart opens more to that person, no? I, I remove the judgment, which I hopefully is, is part of this process of Geula. That, that's what I meant. If I wasn't clear, that's what I meant by saying that. Okay. Now, he says, and, and, and even more so, like what we're dealing with, with the, with the difficulty of seeing the visualization of the beauty of now, look what he says. To this weakness of this talk being part of our mundane conversations, forget about like visualizations of Beis Hamikdash being hard. What about day-to-day life of today? Or is everyone just having a smooth ride this Gilgul? <laughs> just like just just today, just you know, t- simple. Just today, just getting through the Edgarim of today, the challenges of today. He says. They they etalev. They weaken the heart. What a sentence! It weakens the heart from longing and hoping and expecting letzapot to see something greater than what is right now. Zot lamrot shebe'emet hamashbirim halalu beshorsham hemishbere gadlut. Even though the root of all of our real, cri- any real crisis we have in this world, in the root of it, it's not about the hardship of day to day. In the root of it, it's hardship that stems from, you ever see, uh, you ever, did any of you grow up on Safan? Yeah. You can. You grew up conservative. <laughs> no, it wasn't in the. No, I'll tell you. It wasn't. The, it wasn't in the from circles at all. That the music. Yeah. Okay. So I had my Abba brought it into. Oh, beautiful music. Yeah, they have a song called "Looking for a Brighter Day." Mm. A great, great, and it goes through mamash. What he's saying over here. Two thousand years of through the darkness, something like this, like going through this and saying, and we're still here looking for a brighter day. So he's saying, in its root, really, all the, any crisis we go through, in its root, it really is kashur, somehow, to looking for a, a brighter day, okay? I, I'll send the link if you'd like. It's a, very, it's a very deep song. It's a very deep, very, very deep song. It'll bring you back to, like, 1985, like, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> really, really, uh, really good stuff. A third line. Um, uh, sorry, fourth line. Kmo yeled, shebale bagruto. Like a kid that, that comes to a later stage of development, right? The next stage of development in their, in their life. And he doesn't know, he's not aware, that there's even a concept that's called a wedding, that you build a life with someone. It's not part of, no, no one ever told them that. Or they never saw it. They never saw it. 
I'm saying that's kind of what, what we're at when in terms of like the wedding being the wedding, the wedding, the day that Mashiach comes, right? The wedding. You can find yourself being so, so broken, so gamur. Merukan means empty. To be completely empty. Outside people, or what we say, like Adina, very good what you said before, judgmental people will look at a person like this and say, your actions show us that you're simply not ready to get married. The person standing there is like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know what, what a wedding is. You understand, the, you understand the analogy here? Don't look at someone that doesn't know how to talk like this and be like, they're just not ready for geula. They don't even know there's a concept called geula or their heart hasn't allowed them. It's become so weakened that their heart hasn't allowed them to really tune into this thing called redemption. So the source of a person like this pain and brokenness this person that seems like they're not ready for a wedding, they're, they're, and they say, I don't even know what a wedding is, it, all the more so do they really, really want to believe that it's possible for them to one day build their own home, to build a life with someone and to complete their life. Ela, if you sat that person down and said to them, tell me what you're looking for, sits with the shatchanis, and she says, tell me what you're looking for. He has nothing to write on that piece of paper. Like he says here, He doesn't know what to write. He doesn't know how to, what, how to write it in a good way. He has no idea what to write on that piece of paper. The real brokenness of this generation does not give testimony to the fact that we're so far from supreme holiness, on the contrary. It actually shows that we're looking, we're gasping for air. The crisis is showing we're actually gasping, we're admitting that what we thought was air, what we thought was real life, isn't providing me with the oxygen that I need. And that's why you have more anxiety and stress today than ever before, in any generation, ever. He's saying that's actually a simon of like something about to pop, like a bubble about to burst. It's painful, but it's actually a very good illusion that's going to burst, that this is considered real life and real living. Now, when you don't have air, you could lose your mind. He's saying this is what's happening on the cloud, right? It's a huge... Hold on to it. Hold on to it. I know it's not the way we we're taught we're, we're allowed to uh, speak, but... Uh, let me ask you a question. When we were in Egypt, right? And how did the geula begin? But what did that mean? What does that mean based on this? No, but what does that mean about them back then? Because we don't think about it like this. Could it be that maybe one of them had a holy taina on Hashem saying Ad Matai? And when they finally did, God said, Boom, I've been waiting for you to ask that question. 
<laughs> Welcome to the world of the Babacher Rebbe's, like, <laughs> everything, meaning, exactly. What you're saying is, it's like when, they, when every Jew would come to the, like, to real realization, like, oh, that means it could happen any second when someone actually, like, lets out the, you know, this kind of krecht. Yeah. Now, since we don't know who it is, and at what moment, you got to treat every moment like it really could be, but that's already, this becomes a more, uh, th- this will become more the norm of how we live our lives once the siach, once the talk between ourselves, become, this becomes more normal talk and not cuckoo talk. I'll give you, an, I'll, give you a, a, I'll say something interesting. I got a message early, late last night, or maybe it was early this morning, from a different rav here in Efrat. And he, he, he meant well, and by meant he did. But he's basically saying, why should it be that only here, that the people, uh, only here the davening is the way it is? Can you come to our shul and lead a davening Friday night? I'm not going to say who. I'm not going to say who. But it's not about a person going and being a chazan somewhere. It's not. And I'm going to talk to him about this. It's not about that. It's the siach. It's the conversation of everything leading up to the davening. It's not the davening, the concert. It's not it. It's the conversation and the consciousness that happens in between the tefillahs. But to give that, to explain that is a very hard thing as well. It's not a simple thing to do. Yeah, we always speak about music. I, I think that music can, can awaken that and can elevate it. It's a, it's a nice place to start. Yeah, but... Like it, What's the Hemshech? What's the Hemshech? Well, okay, it end there. <laughs> I know, but you have to also choose your, your kochos, meaning it's not such a simple thing. But again, like, it has to be part of the conversation. That's what we keep on saying. It's got to be part of the, of more and more the part of the siyach, because the more you talk about it, the more you believe in it. He'emanti ki adaber. It's really, this is a basic tenant of, of the Bilvavi, and also over here as well. But he's saying... You weren't able to talk about it for so long because it was impossible to see it. It was impossible to see it. Something shifted. Something shifted globally. And it has to do with, obviously, the, the, the wellsprings of Hasidus spreading across the world and in, infusing people with joy like never before. Right? Having a Chabadnik and, and everywhere ready for you, anywhere, wherever you need. And, and of course... Am Yisrael come, beginning to come back home to Eretz Yisrael. It's, it's all over the place. And now people are actually beginning to, to dare to, to talk about it and, to, and to, to, to kind of begin to see it. But he's going to clarify the vision for us in this Sefer of what it is, what that visual is, and, and, dra- and, and drive it home now. How do you understand these two things come together, the most depression and anxiety we've ever seen in, and where do you just start them? It's, a, it's very tricky. It's very tricky, but I think all big things... Start with... It's how it happens. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't... It doesn't contra- It seems like it's contradicting, but it actually is part of a whole tznua, a whole movement. Oh, Jacobson says that it's like the idea of like the, the... Everything was like rushed under the carpet for a very long time, and we all thought it was like, it's fine. It's okay. And now everything... It's like the wound, you know, like the dirt yeah. is coming all out, and so it feels very like... Ah, the world has gone crazy, but it actually like has to 
hard to begin with. Hard to begin with. Like, imagine if we're actually living in a reality where we really believe that the data and the is going to be here any moment, and then we start thinking about what are what are we going to have to be physically doing, mentally doing, emotionally doing. Like, what are what's the actual avoda going to be like? What can I be doing right now? to be actively preparing for that. And if that's walking every day, if that's lifting weights, if that's meditating, like no matter what, it, like you have to be physically fit to do In that. In this year. Sorry. No, 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 why sorry? I'm answering, I'm mamash, I'm saying, that's exactly yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah. Okay? But it's, let's hear, meaning everyone has ideas. This, what he's drawing down for us is gonna be, is showing us a, Shifting of consciousness, emet that that goes deep down inside it doesn't take away from all the important things that everyone has to be doing in a more you know an altered state of consciousness physically and, and emotionally, but panemius wise as, as Torah Yidin, this is what this exactly what you're bringing up, exactly what you're bringing up. I want to just I'm gonna take because I just want to finish this chapter and then if there's anything else to ask I'm, I'm gonna go for it okay, Asher al Ken. In order for us to truly like gaze in a deep, profound way towards this completed state of being, of who we could be and who we are, as we're marching towards the, the, the process of Geula, we actually still have to really figure out what was going on back in the day. As much as we think we know, we don't really, we don't really know. Like, what does it mean, the Shekhinah? What, what, what do these concepts mean, the Shekhinah was alive in the hills of Jerusalem in the time? What does this really mean? We're going we're gonna to learn deep down inside what was actually happening. Not just what was happening ex- uh, you know, exteriorly, but also internally. What was actually happening? What was going on? To the light, to the level of life that Am Yisrael was living when we were living here. Now, how long ago was that? Thousands of years ago. And yet, our rich tradition, since we're Amas Sefer, people of the book, takes us into the heart and the lives of the typical Jew, of the typical Jew that lived here in Eretz Yisrael, on this land. And that's what's so beautiful, that we're going to actually, we're going to go there, we're going to see that. When the Beis HaMikdash was standing, Malchut Yisrael Bigvurata, we had a king, his name happened to be Shlomo, Ve'akehuna, and the the kehuna, which was basically the the most glorious form of educators. That's what it. That's what it means. They were the teachers. The most glorious form of giving over masoret was in its place and in its holiness. Hamabat el shanim kadmoniot, the glance. To the, to the years of old, they could expand to us what it means to be alive. What it, what it means today to be alive. And 
and it'll help us understand that what we think it means to be alive today is nothing close to what it really means to be alive as a people. These levels exist in our midst. They do. They exist in us. Deep down inside, they never, that candle was never fully put out. Deep down inside, means our real wanting. Deep down inside, you could barely see the candle. It's barely there. Mamash barely there. But it really, say, in, in, when you learn this stuff more in Chabad, it has to do with like, the fact that I believe in Hashem. Here he's talking about expanding this concept and saying, what, is, what never really blew out? What never really, really blew out? What is he saying? Like, in the, in the panemius of it, what never really fully got blown out is this, is this belief and vision that tomorrow could be so much more beautiful than today. that I could be so much more alive than I am, than, than I am today. Ha'itraglut lemabatshik, you know, if you plug this into marriage therapy, it's like, this is it. Like, that mamash, this is like a yesod, this is a foundation. Any type of deep relationship, like that, that there's a commitment, but it gets stuck because you cannot visualize anything more beautiful because I know that, I know, I know me, I know them, this, I know that, her, him, this is what it is. But he's saying, in the panemius of a yid, this, this vision is there. It is there. Emunah means that my belief that the, the level of life of Jewish people and of my personal life could be so much more exalted than what it is right now, it is there. Even though, again, the porridge stood over me and my, not me, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, the porridge, the German, the Spaniard, it doesn't matter who it is. One, one second, Jenny. I just want, let, let, let's finish till the end, and any questions that come up, we'll, we'll take them. Still, lo It doesn't matter. Deep down inside, it never really, really blew it out. Accustoming ourselves to actually look at life like a little bit more like what once was. The, and again, the level of life that I felt, the extent of being alive that I felt, it's going to help us draw our current state of life a little bit differently. This is like the mission statement for Caribbean And then what happens from this ability to draw a more beautiful present? My heart opens. This natural response to this way of living, my heart expands and opens. And that, that's really what it means to be alive. And then each of us becomes a real emesdika professional anticipator. And also, I become a real David HaMelech. My tefillah. My tefillah, the way I daven, is a different tefillah. Asiyah, the way that I'm act, the way that I'm like activated in this world, doesn't mean I start a new job. I do something different. It's exact. It could be the same exact things we're doing, but the way we're doing it, the way we're doing it is so different, because it's all basically bringing us closer. What he says to this wondrous levels, 
which are waiting for us, this lesson of Mamtin Achar Kotlenos from Shira Shirim, from Shlomo HaMelech, this is what's waiting on the other side of the wall, so to speak. The wall of concealment, but then we mitzitz ben acharakim, but there's holes already that have been like, you know, kind of like, like this is such a beautiful imagery. Every time my heart opens, what basically happens is that this mechitza that stands between me and the light keeps on getting shattered a little bit more, a little bit more, till Be'ez HaShem, we're going to take the whole wall down. In order to really understand how small and contracted our field of vision is, while due to what, what, was, what, what has been happening to us for so many years of exile, what we need to do is something a little bit difficult and painful. We got to take a look at how small we became in Galut. How small we became. Now, what that means exactly, I'm going to leave it for the next chapter to explain to us. But you know, when you tell someone, the Zohar Kodesh <laughs> says something amazing. The Zohar Kodesh says that Leil Seder is called a night of mochin de gadlut. That means expansive mindset. Basically, the way I understood it was that if you know someone could be a king, but they have simcha by becoming the greatest garbage collector, modern society says, well, good for him. No. You could be a king. What are you so besimcha that you excelled the, the art of collecting garbage? Galus made us feel, and, and, and you see this in modern society today too, <coughs> Galus made us feel that we have to take, uh, um, we have to like, basically make the vision of who we could become so small and so tiny and be besimcha over, over being a schlepper. If, as long as it makes you happy, right? As long as it makes you happy. This is a little bit of the mi'ut, of how small we've become. We're supposed to be kings. We're supposed to be prophets. And prophets, how do you say it in female? Queens and prophetesses? Prophetesses? Nevi'im and nevi'ot. This is what we're supposed to be. Not a few chevra on top. All of us, you understand? We're all supposed to be b'neim and b'not melachim. We're supposed to be like in our, in our real nature and who we really are. That's why I get so moved by like when once in a while I, I actually come in contact with someone who is not, uh, they didn't in, induce themselves with anything to think like this, but they actually do feel like this. They actually begin to live like this. And yeah, society still calls them the cuckoos and everything, but you know, one day it's going to be flipped over. It will be flipped over. But what he's saying over here is that you, we, we need to like, we need to look into, we need to go into the home of like a typical Jewish family that was living in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Let's get to know them. What was the table like? Did they have arguments? I'm sure they had arguments. Did they have uh, difficulties with Parnassa? Some of Hashim, it's, it's interesting. Some of Hashim say yes and some no. Because it's not clear exactly what was going on there. But we're going to go into the heart of like what it was like to function in a very normal and organic way but with an altered state of consciousness due to the fact that we were living not in an exile mentality. We still don't know what that means. We're trying really hard. Hopefully sometimes when we hit a moment in tefillah, in davening, and the hearts are wide open, we're back there. 
collectively. Individually, people do, people, Baruch Hashem, we're meeting like refined, amazing people, refined neshamas that are really taking this, this Gilgul really seriously in a very holy way, in a happy way, it doesn't mean seriously, very happy and holy way. It's, you understand, it's still, it's cute and sweet, basically. It's still nothing close to, to this place that we could really get to collectively, okay? So he says like this. Third line in the second to bottom paragraph. Hamabat harachav shesoker et metziut hachayim shekodem agalut, the wide view, that basically is able to, how do you say, skira? You know when it, like, Scan, thank you, like skirat ma'arachot. To scan, to scan the reality of life which existed before we went out into exile. Umashvauta el ha'it And then compares it to who we became when we were exiled. What could it do to us aside from depressing us? Yachol liftoach et it can broaden our horizons of thinking in ways we could have never imagined before. To what? To illustrate and to visualize the great future that awaits us. Which is renewing the days of... I mean, he's basically saying this Sefer is going to give us the opportunity to have Kavana when we say... We all get very emotional and everything. Now we're going to finally understand why we're becoming emotional. Okay? Therefore, we're going to go and we'll take a deeper look, a little bit, we're going to, not for too long, but we're going to take a deep glance into the spiritual fortune. Hon is a fortune. The spiritual fortune that we had in the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Ve'it ma'atut and the smallness, the tremendous smallness, shel Am Yisrael, me'et asher galinu me'artzinu, from the time that we were exiled from our country, from our land. Ve'nistalka ha'shchina limromim. And the shchina, nistalek. That means, was nistalek? Yeah, like like just just flew away from us up to the heavens up to the heavens so that this is like he has a mahalach here you see the sefer is the shechina like nistalka means that it that it was like when you tell someone tistalek mipo that means get out of here get lost, get lost. so the shechina like basically just just went away just like nistalka where did and where did it go to lam romim up in heavens. So this Sefer is very, this Sefer gives us, he's telling us what we're going to be doing. And he's explaining to us in a way which will make us understand who we are, why we are the way we are, and why it's worth believing that I don't have to be the way I am today. Because that's what a Geula Degayid is, is, is how they're living. Now Jenny, you had your hand up, and Adina also, you both had your hands up. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I, we just touched, we, we, we brushed upon it, yeah. I mean, I didn't really answer. He, the, the next chapter is going to answer that really thoroughly, that, that inyan. And then it, it, it was a separate idea. I mean, like, it's all like, like a, a living Sudeshana, it's what you 
And the chapter, the little paragraph I learned is that, you know, the, the order in which we stack the, you know, the spar, the top of the Talmud, the Chumash, like, um, yeah. it's in a certain Seder, right. and it's supposed to remind us that we're there, there's Yeah, there's oh, there's so there's good. In this so generation, we don't. Good mouth. You know, we think we know more, and we always are trying to learn more and be better. We want our children to be better and know more. But in reality, that is just a physical manifestation of how we're trying to continue to look back and continually try to yeah. lean from the past. So I just thought it was... Uh, it, it, it's a very good way. It's a very good way what you're saying. Nachon. That's really good. Adina? She knew how to sew so well was because she was a Bas Kohen, and she used to darn her father's and her brother's socks so that when they duchen, their socks wouldn't have holes in them. And so, I think it goes exactly with what this, right? Meaning the glorious past of how did she learn how to sew was because of being a Bas Kohen and right. doing the beautiful work of, like making sure that the Kohanim socks were Covered. good during duchening. Covered, yeah. Right, and then it went down with being a seamstress for the Nazis, and like that's like Gallus, obviously, and Bezat Hashem. Like, yeah. One more thing, or you, you want to say it later? Okay, because I I want to I I want to I, I have to, but I, I told you I'm going to share with you one thing.